Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 18, The Cousins Situation. Welcome, everyone, to another fantastic edition of the Big Chill Podcast. Joined, as always, by Sam and Eddie. So I kind of want to start off with Eddie because I didn't hear from you for a day or so. I know things are going bad in your customer service land. And then I turn on CNN and see that there was a bomb threat to the Eiffel Tower. Got a little worried that that might have went really badly with your customer service, but found out it wasn't you, I, I hope. No, well, A, I don't have the necessary phone and internet service to send in a bomb threat. So that was that's the main thing <laughs> holding me back. But also, fortunately, like it's not the Eiffel Tower sponsored by Orange, because if that was if that were the case, I would 100% be sending in a bomb threat. I love that the internet is the main thing holding you back, not like the bomb, <laughs> the bomb making. No, not the not the intent or the rage. It's just it's just the capacity to actually communicate the message. Or could it have been that the um, customer service manager was taking his family on a little trip to the Eiffel Tower and you caught <laughs> yeah, wind of I it. Found him. Yeah, I found him. <laughs> Waited till they got to the top and then just ruined his day. <laughs> no, you should wait till they're just about to get to the top and then the bomb threat comes in and they have to bring him back down. Uh, and, he's, and then he, I call I can back just picture to him the, holding like, like two kids, one in each arm, and the kids are just wailing, crying as he's trying to go back down the stairs. Well, I called him today, got, got on the phone, and they said, oh, I heard you had a slightly disrupted trip to the Eiffel Tower yesterday. What a shame. would be unfortunate if this kept happening to you. Yeah. And it's, it's even more depressing because then when I looked at my Instagram feed one year ago to the day, I was out in Paris having fun, going to bars, staying out late, which is not the norm right now so it, it i mean that's it, over it touched for all, home it touched home <laughs> that's over for all of us now right we've got new yeah. restrictions coming into force in in paris uh so as of monday all bars and restaurants will have to close at 10 mm. they won't be selling alcohol in supermarkets after eight uh what? gyms are going to be gyms are going to be closed so i don't what how does limiting how drunk people are well, it's the same in it's the same in the UK. So I think it's from today or tomorrow that um, their 10 p.m. shuts. I think it's because people make stupider decisions when they're out later and drunker. So that the idea would be get them stop drinking sooner, and maybe they'll make less stupid decisions regarding contact. I yeah, feel like I mean, that I would never can... happen in London, though. People well, would just people start are... drinking earlier. Yeah, people are just going <laughs> to drink an hour earlier, right? Yeah. <laughs> The, the bars the bars and restaurants bit I get. I mean, the restaurants less so. The bars I do get. Um, just because obviously I know of bars here. You can go and dance. Like no one is, no one's paying attention to any sort of social distancing or anything. So I get closing those ones down so you don't have that going on. The alcohol one in supermarkets, right, is just the idea that people won't be able to late at night make the decision of having like a house party or inviting people over. You can obviously still do that because you can just plan ahead of time and, and have it, but you can't make any late, late, like last minute decisions. What I will say that Sorry. sucks is the timing. Uh, so 10 o'clock here to, to close a bar for all, basically all of the football, almost every match 
by football, I mean like European football, almost every match midweek or like in the evening, like when the Champions League comes back, it all finishes at half past 10. So yeah. you're going to be, if you do decide to go to a bar to watch a Champions League match, you're going to get kicked out at halftime. So that's a little bit of a downer. They could have maybe extended it to 11 just to kind of factor that in. But <laughs> do, you, you, do you think that was at the top of the priority list when you're factoring in the times? Not the top. <laughs> hey, guys, wait, think... wait. When does Champions League end again? We want to make sure that we don't screw over Eddie and the four other people at Bugsy's. <laughs> well, no, but it, the, the idea of not shutting the bars and restaurants down, right, was to still allow them to make money. But now you're putting them in a situation of when there's a major sporting event on, they're going to close at halftime. So now no one's going to go there. So they may as well not be open. So in a sense, you may as well be shutting them down. That's the only thing is like either you have the sense of being like, look, if it, if PSG are playing in the Champions League match, we, we may as well keep, we want the bar to still get people in. So let's now we'll put regulations in place as to how many people can be in there, but we want to at least allow them to maximize that ability, keep them open till 11. But now you're like 10, you lose both ways. Hard, sorry, guys. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, Eddie, I just fear for your safety. You're not going to have internet. You're going to be able to drink less. You can't watch as many sports because of the bars kicking you out. Are you, do we need to keep an eye on you? Oh, no, I'm just going to come out of like a totally different man. I'll be unrecognized. Are we sure it wasn't you that called in that bomb threat? No, it'll be the opposite. Like <laughs> just six passing months, the time. Six months from now, my career will be flying. I'll just be, you know, like really on top of everything. People will be like, I'll be, it'll be like, you know, like limitless. It'll be that same idea, but instead of like accessing the like additional 90% of my brain, it's just that I've freed up like 23 hours of my day. So it's just going to be amazing. It's definitely, there's truth to it. When I first moved to Toronto, I was by myself. So all I did was basically work go to the gym and then just go home and sleep. And that was the most productive year of my entire life so far. Like I look back on that year, I had more academic accomplishments in that year than I probably have in the past five. <laughs> Cause it's like, there was wow. nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll pack a PhD into the next couple of months. Who knows? Yeah. So before we start, I just wanted to throw a quick one out here. Are either of you fans of licorice? Wait, I think I've heard this story. Red or black? Uh, either. Black, absolutely no. I think it's one of the most disgusting things on earth. <laughs> Racist. But like, <laughs> yeah. But, but, but red licorice, like a Twizzler? Yeah, sure. I wouldn't, I'm not going out of my way for one, but every once in a while, sure. I know the story, Frank. And you should be safe, Eddie, because I just read a story this morning that a man died from eating too much black licorice. He ate a bag a day. He was eating like a bag a day for several weeks straight. And apparently there's some sort of compound in it that puts you really low in, in potassium and it can cause uh, like irregular heartbeats and things like that. And then he died of a heart condition that was related to the irregular heartbeats from eating too much black licorice. What a way to go. What a way, eating the, one of the grossest candies on the planet. So you should be fine. You're, you're okay. Red licorice, that'll just cause diabetes. That's a slow, slow death. Well, so I mean, also, okay. I mean, you actually don't see red licorice sold here anyway. Like, it's kind of a purely American thing almost. So mm. uh, whenever I see licorice here, it's, it's only, it's exclusively black. 
Yeah, in the States, there, there's always that big debate of whether it's Twizzlers or Red Vines. That's like a very, very regional debate in the United States. It's quite annoying. But I'm just used to Twizzlers. I think Twizzlers are better. But it's not, it's one of those things where people take it way more seriously than they should. Where like, I'm like, hey, do you want a Twizzler? A Twizzler? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, we only eat red vines in this house. Who are like, you talking right, relax. to? It's a fucking candy. <laughs> like, who, who are you talking to with that voice? <laughs> Mr. A, an older man. <laughs> Mr. Vine. <laughs> he just gets yeah. really red in the face when you offer a Twizzler. That's why they came up yeah. with red vines. Smacking you in the face with this Twizzler. Oh, I bet you'd like that one. So let's get to our picks from last week. How did we do? I did not look at all. Ooh, so I'm interested well, to see how, how some, each of us did. You know what? Let's some, start with Frank. <laughs> I got some bad news for you, Frank. Uh, yeah, I know it wasn't a good week. Week one wasn't good for you. And uh, <laughs> week two got worse. <laughs> now, I will say this. We all did pretty well in terms of money line, just picking the winner. So the yeah. best of the week there was Sam. He was 14 and two. I was 13 and three and you were 11 and five. So overall there. How, the, I don't understand how this is happening because once again, in my confidence pool, I only had three wrong in my confidence pool. So well, what am I doing that I can't, I can't oh, physically well, put in the same picks? I don't know. But that's, luckily that's we can concerning. tell you. Yeah. That, that, that might be some, some warning signs there for something else, but now, against the spread, Sam continued his tear. He is on a two-week tear so far on his NFL picks. He went he went 11-5 and five for the second wow. week in a row against the wow. spread. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So he's – well, he was 10 And that's five not the squid. One. That's just yeah. Sam. No, this is just regular really, Sam. San squid. San <laughs> squid. So he, Wait. Wait, Sam without squid or Sam the yeah, squid? Sam without, Sam without squid. <laughs> Sam without squid. Okay. So Sam's improved to 21 and 10, 21, 10 and one overall for the season. So, I mean, if he keeps wow. that up for 17 weeks, he could be on ESPN. Uh, he, <laughs> he could own ESPN. Now <laughs> for the, the, the spreads, the story of the spread was a little bit sadder for both of us. I had an absolute nightmare week. I went five and 11 against the spread. So my overall, uh, situation has dropped to 15 16 and and one not great uh you had a slightly better week in that you went seven and nine against the spread but you but you're 14 17 and one against the spread so we have two people marginally under 50 percent and we have one guy absolutely flying (laughs) and all i can say is what are the trends that you've you've uncovered (laughs) Well, basically, that neither of us are very good at picking against the spread. <laughs> oh. oh, I thought you were going to say, like, no. you are really well, bad no, at picking uh, NFC South teams or something like that. Oh, it's no. Too, it's, too, it's too early to. Yeah. I mean, Sam and I were talking, uh, like, off the pod about the fact that, like, the interesting thing about this is maybe after five or six weeks, we're going to really be able to see, that, like, one of us favors home teams or one of us hates picking teams that are favored by more than seven points or whatever two weeks into it it's a little too early to draw any of those conclusions wow we're gonna dig that deep into the analytics are we are we now become should we call bill barnwell up should we call bill barnwell up to analyze 
our picks using analytics. So not only is he analyzing the games of who he's going to pick, he will then take our picks based off of what we think and analyze those. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. He'd love it. See if we can. He'd love we'll that. See if we can get. If we give him a cheeseburger, he'll do it. But <laughs> we'll we'll, um, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But I will say this: Sam has a pretty significant lead now in the spread picking contest. If we yeah. if he has one more week where he kind of kills us, it's going to start to become tough to catch him, even at this early stage. Like if he, he is fifteen games ahead of us it's going to take either a major collapse on his part or a few incredible weeks from us. Like this thing could be over by week five. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Frank, you know, the squid's already in your head, right? I don't want to go before you in picks because I don't want to get in your head with my picks now. <laughs> well, now yeah, I'm only go, worried of the squid. He's smart now. He's going to go after us and he's just going to copy our picks just to maintain the gap. <laughs> No, I am not a fan of maintaining gaps. Either I go for gold or, or I trip over my feet and don't even make it to the finish line. <laughs> well, so far we've seen which one you're trending towards. <laughs> no, I'm just got off to a slow start. I, I, I'm sit, yeah, sitting slow back. Slow start is in Sam's already, Sam's already at the like 20 yard line and you've yet to get out of the blocks. Listen, is Sam going to be that horse that takes the 20 length lead and holds it out like Serpentine at the Derby? Or is he going to be one of Aiden O'Brien's eight horses that goes off to the start and barely finishes and is dead a year later. Well, we don't, well, he could be a little bit of both, right? He could hold on to the lead. Be and dead a year later. Yeah. Fingers crossed. He's already died once. He's already died once. We got to bring him back. Yeah. So let's, let's do week three then. I'll tell you what, this is for me by far the best week so far of football both in terms of, I mean, I guess not in a fun way, but in being a very challenging week to pick, especially against the spread, but also just some of the games in general are some really good games, obviously showcased by the Monday night Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson game, which is going to be awesome. You, yeah, mean tonight, I mean, you mean tonight's game rather than yeah, Monday's yeah. game. It's up to Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. The, I'll say this. If, if one of us goes 13-3 and three or like 14-2, and two, straight up uh in this week then that will be extraordinarily impressive yeah i mean so for instance eddie and i are in a survivor pool and i struggled to even pick a team that i had a good amount of confidence in that could win i didn't but we'll see Uh, you say that now but i who you took the colts right I took the Colts, which is because I think you're relying Colts, on Philip Rivers, Eddie. Just that it doesn't matter how good the Colts are, you're relying on Philip Rivers. I'm not just relying on Philip Rivers. I'm no, also you're relying, relying on Philip Rivers. I'm also <laughs> relying on the Jets. Yeah, I'm relying on the Jets being totally incompetent, and that's going to be like they couldn't come back against a Niners team last week, which was like close to as we said on Monday, like dragging me out to play. So the fact, like, the, the Colts... Oh, you said that. <laughs> we didn't say that. No, I made no mention it. that you were close to being on so, that some other people, Some other people said it. It was, it was trending on Twitter very briefly. So let's jump in Thursday night, get that um, amazing affair over with. Yeah, do you, do you want to do the honors, Sam, or uh, should I announce the, the official line? Oh, no, I can do it. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it in. So, seeing as I missed last so kicking it off with an absolute corker i mean dolphins at the jags 
it, it genuinely surprises me to say that the Jags are spread favorites at minus three, which might be a first um, to see them favorites regardless. But um, we're off to a great start watching this. What do you guys think? I wish I had like a like a sound drop right now because tonight I'm I'm going for some Fitz magic and I'm going to take <laughs> the Dolphins to win this one. So obviously I'm taking them with the points. Wow. But I have no faith what? in it's more to me I have no faith in the Jags and it's difficult for me to imagine picking the Jags to win a game even if they've been like relatively impressive through the first two weeks, I just struggle with that one a little bit. So maybe but I'll regret this. Already. I know <laughs> they won already. No, but I'm saying I would struggle to pick them to win a game. I'm not saying that they won't oh, okay. win a game. I mean that like, you would struggle to pick them to win a game, but exactly. yeah, they can still win games. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, most teams win a game, you know, like it's, the 0 16 is pretty rare. So even the Jets are probably going to win a game this this year. And I'm not going to be picking them the week, the week that they do. But I'm just going to say, I think the Jags still are terrible. And so in the battle of two terrible teams, I definitely rather take the points and may as well also take the Dolphins to win. Okay. So Dolphins and covering the spread, obviously. So Frank? So I'm going the opposite right off the bat. I'm going to take the Jaguars. I think minus three isn't that much. I am a bigger fan of Minshew mania than Fitzmagic. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I just can't wait. I already, you know, got my dinner waiting. I got popcorn, maybe some nachos, a few beers. I'm, I'm ready to go. And this is going to be a barn burner. I'm excited. Beautiful. I'm, I'm with Frank on this one. I actually watched a little bit of the Jags and yeah, Minshew. I, I, I kind of liked watching him and I, I just think I'm going to go with that. So I'm going to go with the Jaguars and um, the minus three as well. Now, Eddie, had we just had Sam's pick? What? Why would you have guessed? <laughs> oh, oh! If I was just <laughs> if you were just following this non-squid. Oh, if I'm just trying to 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 give his logic as to why he's picked the Jags here. Without a doubt, it's he's a fan of Minshew. Oh no! I think in this instance, it's more that he really likes the idea of putting himself in some like leopard print tight clothing. <laughs> And so he doesn't really care that much about the outcome of the game, but he could really get on board in being like a male cheerleader for the Jags. If my picks win you money, do you ultimately care what I'm wearing? (laughs) (laughs) Anytime he can put on a leopard print, Sam is in. (laughs) Yeah, never says no. I'm not disagreeing. So on that logic, I'll just move on. Um, Bears at the Falcons. Um, and we have the Falcons three-point favorites. Yeah, I'll start off on this one. Um, I am not sold on the Bears. Any team that probably should have lost to the Giants is not a team I have confidence in. Um, And if you take 30 seconds away from that Cowboys game, you know, the Falcons were up and should have won that game, you know, had them dead to rights. So... I mean, look, they played pretty good against the Cowboys, so I have a feeling that they can take care of, even though the Bears are 2-0, which is pretty surprising. 
Um, I, I think the Falcons can win this pretty easily, actually. I think they might win by double digits. Yeah, I like the Falcons a lot in this one. Um, I'm trying not to read too heavily into the Falcons Cowboys game, either one way or the other, because obviously the I think the Cowboys turned the ball over four times in the first quarter or like just a little bit over the first quarter. So they're probably not going to get that many great field positions again. Um, but still, I think, you know, coming into the season, I know that we liked them quite a lot. And I'm just trying to ignore more how terrible their secondary looked in week one. I'm going to assume that the Bears are going to score, you know, a few touchdowns in this just because it doesn't look like the Falcons can easily stop anyone. So they've let up 78 points so far in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, wow. I'm going to have to assume at least 20 coming out of this one, right? But their offense looks looks really good. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Falcons and assume they win. I'm gonna th- imagine they win. I think by seven to ten points, but it's it's gonna be high scoring. I would definitely actually. It's it's tough to say. I would definitely take the over because the Bears kind of struggle to move the ball at times. So even against the Falcons, they might find it hard. But yeah, I like the, the Falcons a lot. The over is forty-seven and a half. I would take the over. That seems like. Um, all right, I'm I'm going against you both. So um, I think the thing with the Bears is they're not pretty, but they they seem to be putting um, lipstick on that pig. They just seem to keep winning, and I am not a huge fan of teams that go through what the Falcons did. Um, I think they come a little bit shell shocked. Maybe they come back with a purpose. Maybe they do exactly what you guys are saying, but I I think you know, that, that can kind of change a team. So I'm going to go the Bears to win and um, obviously covering the spread as well. What a surprise. Sam cannot turn down an opportunity with a bear. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most you would find in most teams a homosexual reference if you really tried hard enough. <laughs> oh, I uh, trust me, I've already done it and I didn't have to try very hard. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to go keep going then. I think Rams and Bills might be quite an easy one. <laughs> so let's just wait for that one. Um, next game. Oh, the next uh, one might be the easiest of all. <laughs> Please tell me, who do you like in the... Oh, no, we don't have that one next. No, we don't have it yet. Um, it's the Bengals at the Eagles. And the Eagles are four and a half point favorites. Why don't you lead us off, Sam? Let us know, uh, know who you so, like. So uh, I've actually liked Burroughs I've actually gone with the Bengals um both weeks um so I went for them granted they lost against the Browns but I got them to cover the spread I just think Wentz is terrible and I think the Eagles look absolutely atrocious and I think that's a team that looks atrocious versus a team that are pretty bad, but at least they have like a a really good rookie quarterback that I think is actually having a pretty good start. So I'm going to go for that to be the difference. So I'm going to go with the Bengals and four and a half is quite an awkward spread for a close game because if it's five or above, it starts looking like a comfortable win. It's kind of that difference between what should be a tight game. So the four and a half makes me struggle, but I'm probably going to say that they win, but they don't cover it. So I'm going to go with the Bengals, but I'm going to say that they don't cover the spread. Wait, the ba- the Bengals Wait, no, the, are the, getting four and a half. The Bengals are getting four sorry, and a half. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. Yeah, okay. You can scrap that. You can scrap my terrible <laughs> logic. 
So no, the, the Eagles are getting the yes. Eagles are four and a half point favorites. Okay, I'm reading my right. I'm wrong. So in that instance, if you if you think the Bengals are going to win, you've got yeah, you've got yeah. the Bengals. No, 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 exactly. See, see, I have I saw it this morning at plus six, so plus four and a half changes oh, like, things a little like, bit. Lines have been crazy today. Yeah. I, I've been watching them from this morning, afternoon, evening, and some of them have moved by two and a half points. Yeah, we should, we should, as we said in last week, right, we are using Bet365's lines at the time of recording. That's what we're using as our, as our resource yeah. each week. So uh, obviously lines may vary slightly from one bookmaker to another. Um, yeah. And obviously and bet, we also... And then Bet365, when you hear this, make sure you call us up for a sponsor. Yeah, um, and also uh, as we saw last week, right, we can see lines shift pretty dramatically between when we record and when games actually go off like last week when we picked the rams game they were favorites at the time that we made our picks on the thursday night and by the time the game actually kicked off they were one and one to two point underdogs depending where you were looking mm. exactly so i'll change my like what i'm saying basically is that i think the Bengals will win and they'll cover the spread because of it but i think it will be a really close game but obviously because i'm going Bengals, I'll, I'll, I'll take the spread obviously so See, now for me, this is a really tough one because the Eagles in the NFC East still have every chance to make the playoffs, even at 0-2, just because the NFC East is so weak. But eventually they need to start getting wins, and I can't imagine that they're going to get a better opportunity to get a win than against another 0-2 Bengals team. And, you know, the, the Bengals aren't playing as bad as I thought they would, and Burrow does look pretty good. I think he threw for over 300, had a few TDs, last week you know against a decent team in the browns so they're playing pretty well but i just have to think that this this is the eagles have realized that this is their chance if they lose this game even like i said that mc east is weak i don't think going in zero and three and losing to teams that aren't even that great when you look at it that they've played in the redskins and the, and the Bengals, they're going to be shit out of luck so this is a must win for them i'll pick the eagles to win the tough part comes with the spread where last week we saw Eddie and I picked the Browns to cover against the Bengals and the Bengals kind of came back and made a game of it. Four and a half. Isn't that much. I'll stick with the Eagles to cover. I don't actually think this is a tough one. I think the Bengals are bad. I think, Joe Burrow is looking pretty good, and I think that's making – it's kind of almost fooling people into thinking that the Bengals are decent. But I think they're still terrible, and they're only going to end up winning three or four games this year and at most, and this isn't going to be one of them. So I think picking the Eagles to win is pretty straightforward for me. Four and a half points is kind of at the – it is at a slightly tricky limit, but based on my confidence of – the Eagles winning, I'd be foolish, I think, to then think that I expect it to be a really close game. So, yeah, I'm taking the Eagles to cover the spread as well. Okay. And, Eddie, you're really good at talking up a game, huh? <laughs> so, we, we've yeah, I mean, sorry. You're really so good far... at creating excitement for a game. <laughs> so, so far, so far, um, we've, it's not my fault. We're, we're like running the gauntlet of bad teams. <laughs> Ed, Eddie, you, you and I have gone against each other on every game so far. Both, I know I'm I'm closing this gap in one both week. money line and spread. Okay, I'm starting to see what's happening. <laughs> All right, uh, Eddie, you're up. Texans at the Steelers, and the Steelers are four point favorites. 
this this is a really tough one for me. Like I think the Steelers are good. Um, I think the Texans are actually pretty decent. They just are unfortunate that they've maybe played the two best teams in the league at the, like so far. So they look, you know, they've been blown out basically in two games, but it's hard to know what that really means. That being said, the Steelers kind of, they've done the job so far. They've not been spectacular. Their defense is good. They have maybe the best wide receivers in the league. So I'm going to take the Steelers to win. And I don't love taking them to cover the four-point spread, but I'm going to do it just because until the Texans show me that they can win games and that they're actually pretty decent, I'm, I'm going to be hesitant picking them. So this is going to be an interesting one for me. I might feel totally different about the Texans in week four than I do in week three. But even though I don't know how to interpret their first two weeks, uh, I, I, can't, I can't just sort of cross my fingers and hope that they're decent. Yeah. I, I, I think the interesting thing about this one, like you've already touched on, is that the Texans have had such a tough start with the Ravens and the Chiefs that this is almost their first game of a step down. Still, still you know, pretty tough opposition in the Steelers, but it's their first step down, whereas the Steelers, I mean, arguably, this is their first step up, right? The, what they play, the Giants, and who was it week one? I can't remember, but it wasn't anyone... Um, Giants week one, Broncos week two. Yeah, so you wouldn't say it was anyone kind of like better than average. So, uh, as Eddie says, anyone average. It's kind of, I think it's a bit of an unknown entity. But the thing <laughs> is, like, I because of that, I'm more inclined to take the team that aren't favored in the spread. So, I'm more inclined to go for the team that's already played two of the best teams and is stepping down as opposed to a team that's played two average teams and stepping up. So, I'm going Texans and um, obviously the plus four. Wow, the trend continues. The trend, Eddie, this could be an absolute make or break week for our um, competitive side. Gentlemen, this is as easy as it gets. As easy as it gets. Duke a curse. Who's he cursing? <laughs> well, I know. No, no, no. I'm just going to tell you now. We know who he's taking. We can skip the rest. He's taking the Texans. He thinks the Steelers oh, are terrible. He's cursed me. It's he's time cursed. to expose the Steelers for what they are. A 2-0 team that's beaten two minor league teams right now in the Giants and the Broncos. Wait until Deshaun Watson bulldozes through that leaky-ass defense. I cannot wait for this if i would i would take the texans minus four i don't even I, i'll go the other way with the points that's wow. how confident that I might need to be texans. your bet of the week you need to put your money where your mouth is here on yeah. this one yeah i think you that's a bet to, of oh the eddie week. I'll, I'll i'll put my money in your mouth i'm so confident <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how that shows confidence but okay <laughs> to be honest, so I'm confident you that won't bite my of, hand off that would be one of the most awkward displays of confidence i've ever seen in like a bar <laughs> some guy just walking up to it and just shoving oh no in, in fairness, That's in fairness. So actually come on how I, confident must that guy be to no. just walk up to someone and shove money in something. someone's mouth he must know something no but there's two different things there that is confidence if you just walked up to someone and shoved some bills into their mouth like actually inside their mouth that's tremendous no. confidence and it's hard you gotta to come do back coins no because <laughs> yeah, no, no, then you just shove a couple smash, just smash his teeth in with a load of coins <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But either way, I'll just say this now. If there's anyone out there who wants to shove a few bills into my mouth, I'll, I'll take it. Okay, speaking of the next game, perfect. Rams at the Bills. Oh, what a setup. <laughs> what a setup. I was loving it. Uh, bills, two and a half point favorites. And speaking of someone who wants a few bills in their mouth, I am pretty sure Sam would take Josh Allen any day, anytime. <sighs> You know Why do what? you take my jokes every time? You know what? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> He's tall. You know, Sam, if you could actually try and do that, you know, like those girls who went viral with the podcast about the one of them blowing all the suns. If you could just go and blow all the bills, we might actually, we might, you know, really go viral here. Sam is what's holding us back from being yeah, the number on, one podcast. Man. Something's going viral. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want us to do? To to get, to go try and hook up with the with the uh, U.S. female soccer team? Yes, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Frank, why don't you go and try to hook up with like the Phoenix, whatever, whatever WNBA team is there, and we'll find out very quickly how little no one cares. Is it the <laughs> Phoenix Sparks? No, that can't be it. No, that's the LA Sparks, I think. Yeah, I was close. Be a I'm weird, not even going to bother to look that up. That'd be a weird <laughs> podcast. That'd be a weird podcast documentary, wouldn't it? Frank trying to do that as I'm trying to do something else. Yeah. <laughs> now here, this is going to be an interesting one for me. I've liked the Rams. I've liked actually. I've picked the Rams and the Bills so far in every game, so that's. So been, I'm doing it here too. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's a tough one for me because I've liked both of them so far. Obviously, I was pretty, you know, pretty bold in my predictions for the Bills preseason. I th- I've liked the Rams in Week One and Week Two so far. It's an interesting matchup because I think, even though the Bills offensively have looked pretty good this year, the odd Josh Allen throw aside. The Rams offensively have looked a little bit like the kind of offense that made them so dangerous a couple of years ago. That being said, I think this is where it kind of grinds the, to a halt a little bit. I think the Bills' defense is good enough to contain them. Not completely, but enough that then they're able to put up enough points to beat them. So I think the Bills win this, and I think they cover the spread. Okay. Frank? <sighs> Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, this could be the second best game of the week, which is surprising because a few years ago, if you said the Rams and the Bills was one of the best games of the week, you'd be shocking anybody. But, and yeah, I mean, I think even the crazier part to say is you're looking at two extremely good offenses. I mean, I can't remember the last time the Bills had a good offense and now they're just on fire. I mean, Josh Allen is a potential MVP candidate right now. Maybe he's not top one or two, but I mean, he's, he's up on that list of the top five, which is impressive. You know, he's six passing TDs, no interceptions. Um, it's tough. Are the Rams back to what they were? I don't know, but I think I'm going to stick with the bills. You know, I've liked the bills all season. We've all been pretty high on them. So I'll, I'll stick with them. Uh, the spread is low enough that I'll take them to win and to, to cover. Um, yeah, I'm going, Eddie. We're we're on par here. I'm I'm going with oh, the Bills crap. as well, minus minus two hey, and a half wh- as well. How, how come like I'm not even in the talk anymore? I'm only one or two more back of Eddie. It's not like no, I'm, like no, I'm he doesn't mean this, seven back. But no, so it's far, just you, and, you and Sam have agreed on a couple games so far this week. <laughs> so this is the first game that Sam and I have agreed on. Yeah. And for me, I think um, in the first two games, Allen's thrown just over 700, 700 yards. So the Bills are going to put up points. And I just think 
kind of home field advantage. I just think they've got to, they're going to prove that they're the real deal. And I think this is the game where they're going to do that. So I'm going with the Bills minus two and a half. So what do you think of the over on this, over under at 47? I'd you have two over. good scoring teams, but you have a, a very good defense in the Bills. I'd take the under if I'm taking the Bills to win because then I start to think, like, what's the score combination that, that, that leads to a Bills win? And it's probably going to be something like 24-17, you know, around that mark, 24-20. So the 47, it, that's, a, that's a good number for the over-under, but I, I, would, I would lean more towards the under. Actually, a pretty good stat. The Rams have only allowed 18 points per game. The Bills have allowed 22 so points-wise, the Rams have the better defense right now. And in total yards, the Bills have <clears throat> sorry, let up a little less than the Rams. So statistically, they're pretty close. And considering, I mean, the Bills have played Miami and the Jets, two not great offenses. And the Rams have played the Eagles and Cowboys marginally better offenses, but not much. Um, I think I would take the over here. I think you're looking at like a... 31 27 or something like that okay um raiders at the patriots and the patriots are five point favorites uh frank kick- yeah this is this is another one of those tough ones that you know are you do you believe in the raiders i guess is what it comes down to you know they're two and oh had a nice win against new orleans are they the real deal I'm going to go with no, they are not the real deal. Uh, I think that the Patriots will win. Cam Newton seems to be, you know, consistent. He's getting better every game. I think this game he's going he's gonna to go off, have about 300 yards passing, uh, three, four TDs total. I think they win. It's six is the spread you have? Yeah. I think the Raiders will keep it close. I'll take the Raiders plus six, but I'll take the Pats to win. Eddie? Yeah, I'm going to take the Patriots to win. I know that the Raiders had a good win on Monday. I don't know how much of that was Drew Brees maybe turning into old Drew Brees and the Saints uh, missing Thomas and just not really being on their best game. Um, The Raiders, I think, defensively still are not very good. So I think that uh, the Patriots will move the ball against them. I don't know if James White's going to be back for this game. That that would help the Patriots if he is, because uh, he is a serious upgrade on Sony Michelle. But obviously, it's difficult to know if he'll be back. I haven't read anything about whether, because obviously his parents died. I don't know what the arrangement is there in terms of if he's taking some time away from the team. Um, but I also think Bill Belichick, the week after a really disappointing defeat for them, only disappointing in the sense that they had the opportunity to win on the final play. I think. You'll have him really, not that he's never not focused, but you'll have him really determined to get the, get the kind of Patriots back on track. So I'm going to take the Patriots to win and to cover the spread. Okay. Um, yep. So we're going full, full house. Everyone's going Patriots. And for me, I mean, I, I think Breeze was pretty bad in that game, but the Raiders looked so bad in the first quarter it was it was crazy and I don't think that kind of offense that the Raiders have is going to post 34 points here I think I read a crazy stat that 
against the Saints. So even though the Saints um, were playing pretty badly, I still think the average Raiders, they were giving up about six and a half yards of play or something crazy like that. And I, I think when you've got someone like Cam Newton throwing as well, throwing and running as well as he was last week, I, I think that's a problem for the Raiders. So I'm going Patriots and uh, minus six on the spread as well. Yeah, and the Raiders would have given up more yards per play. It's just the issue is that Drew Brees can't throw over seven yards now. So, yeah. <laughs> so the average of like six and a half, six point seven, perfect. Yeah, it was exactly just his maximum distance. He was he was giving it his all. He was in his mind. He was like, "Oh, deep bomb here, five yard completion." <laughs> CTE does does wonders for your depth perception. Yeah, that's why he had to put his records on his cleats going into the game. People thought it was him like kind of showing off a little bit. He was just trying to remind himself that he's actually like a professional football player. Yeah, you know, like in, just going in between plays, he was just looking down. He was like, oh, "I'm Drew Brees. I'm quarterback for the Saints. I was good." Wow! And that character assassination of Drew Brees aside, um, we got to go to Eddie for the next one. So we'll do uh, 49ers at the Giants. Uh, the 49ers are three and a half point favorites. Uh, what do you think of those injuries? Is three and a half points fair to? What about that line, Eddie? It's, I think it's a pretty fair spread. Um, it's tough to judge. The Niners' um, defensive line has been destroyed. That's the real issue. The other injuries, I think, um, they can mostly cover up for with what they have. That being said, I think Barkley being out for the Giants is obviously a big miss. And I also think from the Niners' perspective, at least, that's removed a major weapon that they don't have to worry about. So that changes the way they're going to approach the game defensively. Eddie, I mean, I'm as big a Saquon fan as there, are, there is. But how much of a threat is it when after two weeks your leading rusher is Daniel Jones? And that leading rushing amount is 43 yards. Oh, so no, how Saquon, effective is Saquon Barkley really right now? Well, right now he's not effective at all. He can't even walk. But <laughs> <Yeah>. hey, <laughs> hey, listen. He had negative seven yards week one. So if anything, he's doing better than what he did in week one. <laughs> but no, but you still know, like, you, you will game plan for Saquon going into there. And anytime, any moment he's in the backfield as a defense, you would be alert to the fact that you have one of the top five running backs in the game back there. And now you'll be thinking, okay, the Giants running game, even if it was already, shall we say, frail, uh, even if it was already <laughs> looking a little frail. It's, it's, uh, I picture them with the, with the double walker. Yeah, well, Saquon, <laughs> Saquon is trying to do the double walker. Um, with the tennis balls on it. He's trying to yeah. slide on the turf. Well, you know that they <laughs> like He's having trouble because the turf is sticky, according to the Niners. Yeah, well, you know that they like taping tennis balls to things, so yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. If, you tape, if you tape tennis balls to the bottom of your walker, you don't get holding calls against you. So, <laughs> wow, Eddie found a loophole in the NFL regulations there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um yeah, so I still think it's a it's a everyone can talk negatively about Saquon and how how he wasn't running the ball effective like carrying the ball effectively and he also is bad in blocking, but I still think the Giants will miss him. For me, I've watched both Giants games painstakingly and this is not a difficult pick. The Niners, I mean, Eddie's worried that they don't have a defensive line. It's okay because the Giants don't have an offensive line even when they're healthy. 
I mean, case in point, Saquon Barkley has under 40 yards in two games and he's one of the best backs in the league. You know, he had minus seven the week one. They, they can't block for the run at all. They can barely protect Daniel Jones. And then when Daniel Jones does get under pressure, he'll either throw a dumb pick or he'll just fumble the ball and, and give it to them. So a depleted defensive line couldn't have happened to a better team because the Giants can't block anyway. In terms of passing, this is one instance where I would say Eddie could be the quarterback of the Niners and you could rip apart the Giants' secondary. They don't have a secondary. I mean, anyone can throw against the Giants. So whether it's Garoppolo, whether it's Mullins, whether it's Hewitt, doesn't matter. So for me, I think three is an overreaction to a few injuries when you still have a solid team and a solid coaching staff in the Niners who will basically just run it down the Giants' throat and then play action pass over the top and burn them all day. I think the Niners could win this by 15. This is interesting because this is one of the lines where it's actually been bet down. So yeah, the, I, the Niners crazy. were five, maybe a day or so ago when I saw, and it's now three and a half. So well, that, might be, that might be in reaction, right? Like uh, it seems like Kittle is back... Uh, practicing oh, spaghetti but, arms, but it seems it seems likely that he sits this week out at, based on the noises coming out of the Niners camp. So it's probably a reaction to news like that, where um, the injury problems on the, from the Niners' perspective aren't getting any better, at least not in time for this game. So that's my guess as to why that move is happening. But yeah. I mean, I'm all on I'm all on board the Mullins train. Like, uh, you know, he impressed when he got his when he got the, his few starts a couple seasons ago. I see no reason. I definitely don't see Mullins as a, as a downgrade on, on Jimmy G. So I'm not concerned about who the quarterback is. I did. To be fair, you guys have said everything I was going to, and Frank did as well. So it's pretty easy to have all these injuries um, in your defensive line when the team can't throw for shit or have any offensive yards themselves so for me the three and a half lines attractive enough uh, so i'm going 49ers and the minus three and a half as well um speaking of potential train wreck teams at the moment we've got the titans at the vikings and the titans are two and a half point favorites i'm just gonna say right now fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me I'm picking the Vikings again. Vikings. <laughs> three weeks in a row. Just the, the three weeks in a row. Just, just, just inject, inject Kirk Cousins straight into my veins. Oh my god! Okay. You like that? <laughs> yeah, you, oh, I like that. You dirty bitch. <laughs> All right. And, and that's it, yeah? Just inject. That's your preview of the Vikings Titans. I just inject think... Kirk Cousins into yeah, my veins. That's their game plan. Um, how, do you want us to, like, liquefy them first? Like, how, how would you want us no, to No, it'd be this? like one of those cartoon ones. Do you want a you blood know, where they transfer blood and they just flatten as the, like, it just gets bigger? <laughs> exactly. I take on all of his powers. But the... Here's, uh, here's my take. I like the Vikings coming into the season. I still think they've got lots of talent on both sides of the ball. The Titans, who I've picked in both weeks so far and who I think are good, and I, in a weird way, even though I'm going to pick the Vikings in this, 
the fact that the Titans are only two and a half point favorites is another example of how they kind of don't get the level of respect that they probably should get. Because you are talking about a team that won playoff games last year, has looked okay so far, and is playing against a team that has looked disastrous, and they're only two and a half point favorites. So I've said all that. Now I'm going to say, I think this is the week that the Vikings kind of figure it out a little bit. I'm not too scared of the Titans because I think they're good, but I don't think they're great. And so for maybe the final week this year, I'm picking the Vikings. This um, Eddie, we're going to divulge here. (laughs) We're going to diverge big time because for me, uh, watching that Vikings performance against the Colts last week was one of the most painful things I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they had no, there was no pass rush. There was no anything with that Vikings team. And like the cherry on that shit Sunday was Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so if you want him in, <laughs> if you want him in your veins, so be it. But I all day long, and I, I, t- I take your point massively about the Titans. I think comparing performances and comparing like the Titans' ability, two and a half seems crazy, and it, it does seem down to what you were saying that they just don't seem to. No one just seems to give them daylight. Everyone just thinks at some point it's like going to end, or it's some sort of like weird momentum thing. It just oh, seems it's ending. That they it's ending this it. week. At the hands of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he's, taking blood, Ryan Kirk Tannehill Cousins. Out, he's taking Ryan Tannehill out behind the shed and he's putting him out of his misery. Okay. <laughs> Frank. What's really funny is when I looked at this spread, the first thing I thought to myself was, Vikings, you screwed me once. You screwed me twice, but I'm going to stick with you. (laughs) I thought the exact same thing that Eddie thought. And at this point, I think I just have to invest in the fact that eventually the Vikings are going to win. I'm not as confident. I I don't want Cousins Cousins injected into me. I don't want any of Cousins' bodily fluids in my body. But (laughs) just just having – Yeah, you can take – him round the back of the shed and do something else with him. Kirk Cousins will just glaze you. <laughs> Eddie, that would be devastating for you because everyone knows you love a good glazed donut. I do, yeah. I'm, I'm a simple man. Just give me some glaze. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so eventually they've got to win, right? I mean, they were a good team these past few years and they've lost Stefan Diggs, but other than that, it's not like it's a brand new team, same coaching, same quarterback, same running back. So they've got to start scoring points. Something's got to happen. And I will say, I remember last year when everyone got all over Kirk Cousins and said he sucked and said he wasn't good. And he came out and had three devastatingly, brutally good games in a row. And maybe it's about that time where he gets a little fire under his ass realizes he has one of the most overpriced contracts in the NFL and has to play well for two weeks to, to make up for that overpriced contract, and then he can go into dumps again. So I'm with Eddie. This is the week they turn it around. The Titans, yeah, they're a playoff team, but they barely beat the Broncos. They barely beat the Jaguars. I mean, how great of a team can they be, right? Well, they might be good enough to barely beat the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, I'm mean, happy with, which I'm happy with that two and a half. Which means they win the game and they cover the spread. So <laughs> if they win by in a last second field goal, we're still we're still out of luck. I'm I feel like you've given me a freebie then. Thank you guys. Um, Browns uh, Washington at 
the Browns, and the Browns are seven-point favorites. So I will start this one. Washington football team. I'm not going to mess it up this time. I think I've messed it up both weeks in a row. They've played better than I thought they were um, in the sense that they're at least, I mean, they have a win and that's more than I thought they were going to have after two weeks. (laughs) Uh, I think the Browns win this. They seem to have gotten their shit together. Odell Beckham, shout out. Uh, I I think they will win. They're much more talented. Um, But if they let Cincinnati back into that game, I wouldn't be surprised if they let Washington back into this game. The thing that scares me is uh, the Washington football team, that defensive line has looked pretty good these first two weeks. And if we know one thing about Baker Mayfield is he gets very nervous when that line starts coming at him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he throws a stupid pick or makes a dumb fumble. Uh, to cough up some points. So I think they'll keep it close, but I got Browns to win, Redskins to cover. Oh, shit. Oh, God damn it. Oh, my I'm word. So I'm happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. I had almost lined up a couple of things to be like, how can I how did I do it? enough to say it? You racist oh, asshole. Washington <laughs> to racist. cover. What a racist. <laughs> how did I do it? Oh. Uh. Well, I'll try and recover here for us. Um, I thought the Browns looked really good against the Bengals in the sense that I think the Bengals are bad, but I thought they looked like they had their mojo back. And as we spoke, like I thought Mayfield, like his body language and his energy was really good. And they didn't even actually, the fact that he also spread the ball around so he didn't overly rely on OBJ. I think I'm... I'd be surprised. I, I, I'm expecting them to win this game. The seven points, it's a lot to have this, the, this Browns team favored by seven against anyone. Yep. I'm still going to take the Browns to cover the spread just because I think Washington isn't – they're not great, and I'm just going to – this seems to be that moment to me when the Browns are going to get a little bit – people are going to start to – the hype train is going to come back a little bit because they're going to win this game again, maybe by kind of double digits – and people are going to start talking again about the Browns being a playoff team and Mayfield being back and OBJ, like there's no way they trade him now. So this seems the perfect game to me for the Browns to, to get people back on board. Yeah. It's um, so the Browns hype train starts with the Bengals and the Washington victories. Yeah. It's um, for me, I think the Browns will win. I, I, I don't really have much question about that, but again, this is one of those lines where I looked a couple of, days ago and um it was about five maybe and I, I i would say the browns cover five but then like i think it may have even been like four and a half five uh three or four days ago but seven i, I start to worry because of the way the bengals came into that game at the end and made it a five-point game when i agree with you in reality it shouldn't have been and i kind of worry that that might be a thing for the browns so I'm I'm going to say that they cover the seven. So I'm going to say the Browns win, but uh, Washington cover. So, yeah. So we're all going Browns. Um, Panthers at the Chargers. And the uh, Chargers are six and a half point favorites. Uh, Frank? This is one that doesn't really interest me. <laughs> wow, okay. Okay, uh, moving Sam. on. Moving on, everyone. <laughs> no, um, it's 
it's just one of these games that at the end of the year, these teams are not going to be in the playoff hunt. Uh, I think the most interesting part about this game is I'm sure you guys have read now of, about why Tyrod Taylor was out for that game. Sam, did you, did you see the reason? Uh, it's something to do with an injection, right? Yeah, so he, was, he had bruised ribs from a practice, and the day of the game, his amazing team doctor went to inject him with painkillers and ended up puncturing his lung, which apparently happens about 1% of the time. So wow. some doctor that uh, he hit that 1% mark. <laughs> I think Michael really, Jackson really had the same doctor. doctor. <laughs> the interesting part is, is that the Chargers are the team, I don't know if you guys remember this, but a few years ago, they fired their team physician because he was apparently, I, I don't want to say like a fake doctor, but he was doing some really terrible things. Like he was botching surgeries and misdiagnosing people. Apparently there was three different players that he misdiagnosed their season ending injuries. And he had four or five DUIs and he ended up being barred from doing medicine at several San Diego hospitals. And then the Chargers decided to let him go that's how far it got so now they've got this new doctor who's a great upgrade um and only punctures lungs doesn't misdiagnose seizing any injuries at least um but i think he's still out taylor uh so herbert's gonna play again i i thought i'd read that they are going back to tyrod taylor no, no, they're going back to Tyrod Taylor. But he's not, That's he's the not statement. healthy for this week. But I'm not sure if he's ready to go this week is okay. what. Um, I'm, last I heard, it was like questionable. Um, either way, I think they're the better team with either QB. Um, look, we talked about Herbert looked pretty good. But again, it's only one week. You know, he's a rookie. He's going to have bad weeks. And Tyrod Taylor is a better QB than people make him out to be. He's got a winning record, you know, as a starter. He's, he's not a bad QB. The Panthers, uh, you know, I, I, I still don't think they're that great. And is McCaffrey's out, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, he's not playing. Yeah, so without McCaffrey's McCaffrey. out for at least three weeks. Yeah, no chance. I'll take Chargers. What is the spread now? Because it was six and a half. It still is, yeah. Six, okay. Yeah, I'll take the Chargers, minus six and a half, and the Chargers to win. Yeah, kind of similar logic for me. I actually think the Chargers might be a playoff team, so I'm a little bit more... I was really impressed by them with them last week. And mostly it's just defensively. Like when we previewed the, the Chiefs game, you know, I kind of said like defensively they're good. And I was hesitant to take the Chiefs to cover the spread as a result of that. I didn't think they were going to get quite as close as they did to beating the Chiefs. But they definitely sort of reaffirmed those thoughts that, that defensively they, they are a force to be reckoned with. So when you then imagine that the Panthers aren't good and then now are missing they're probably their only offensive weapon Hmm. i'm pretty confident that the the chargers will win and i think they'll cover that spread yeah i like the six and a half spread because it gives you that touchdown win right um yeah i i I completely agree with all the logics i think i think decision making costs them against the chiefs as opposed to kind of being defensively poor or something like that I, I i just think it was decision making that cost them so i think the panthers losing as eddie said their main weapon i think the six and a half actually is a pretty attractive uh, bet so yeah i'm going with the charges and six and a half now next one is, is um jets at the colts and <laughs> the line with this one is crazy it's 11 and a half and it was around 
seven or eight at the start of the week. And it is just, I mean, with good reason, right? I mean, the Jets are absolutely atrocious. Um, so, yeah, I guess after the, the back of the Colts win, um, for every reason, that line's going to be increasing. But, um, Eddie, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be straightforward. The Jets are total garbage. And I think the Chargers are, I mean, the, the Colts are, are good. So it's easy. Um, undoubtedly, the Colts are going to win this game. And 11 and a half points doesn't scare me against the Jets. Really? Yeah, so I'll, I'll be straightforward then. I'm going, to ge- I'm going to be picking against the Jets every week until they burn me several times. So I'm just going to put that out there right now. So straightforward, very simple for me. I hate a double-digit spread. I just can't stand it. I, I hate when a game, say the Jets, say the Colts start slowly and they lose two quick touchdowns. That just suddenly looks impossible. And it bugs me how early double-digit spreads can be blown out just by... I'll, I'll a, stop you there for a second, Sam. Oh, no. Even if you told me that the Jets were getting a 14-point head start, I think I'd still take the Colts to cover that. The 11 and a half. And then even the only thing you've said so far that is impossible is the idea of the Jets being up by 14 points at any (laughs) stage of this game. See, this is the problem. Like, I, I universally just hate backing double digits, but this is the Jets. I mean, this is one of the most garbage teams it probably is the most garbage team. And if Rivers and the Colts play the way they did last week, 11 and a half shouldn't be a problem. So I'm going to go against my own logic here. And I'm, I'm saying they cover the 11 and a half. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that goes off at maybe 12 and a half uh, because it's moved by four, four and a half points so far. So I, I think you would take 11 and a half. If it gets anywhere near 14, I, I don't know, maybe even still, maybe I'd still take that. Um, when would you, okay, there's a question for you. When would you stop taking the Colts spreads? 17 and a half, 18 points until okay. then I would, and that would only make me, that's not stop. That's when I, I start, I start thinking. Yeah. All right. The only I, hope the jets have is if Sam Darnold can give the entire Colts team mono between now and kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> which is really tough in the COVID era. It's, it's gonna, he might be able to make out with that first guy, but then having to make out with the three, four guys down the row is going to be difficult during COVID. I mean, I'll watch. Might stop him. Um, Frank, yeah. what about you? You're going Colts, but are you, are you taking Same. the spread? Yeah. I, you know what? At first I was thinking of taking the Jets with the points, but then you guys talked me into the fact that the Jets are fucking terrible. I, they, I am confident in saying they're the worst team in New York, and that's really saying something. So I'll take the Colts, and I'll take the Colts with the points. And when would you stop with the Colts? Like, what would make you think? 20. I'm trying to think of, like, the biggest point spread I've seen in NFL, and I'm pretty sure once about three or four years ago, it's like Green Bay were, like, minus, like, 20 or something like that, or like minus 19. What oh, about you guys? I've, Have seen, you seen I've seen some 23s, 24s from time to time. Wow. That's crazy. I think <laughs> I've maybe seen up to 25. Well, especially college football. You'll see. Well, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's different. <laughs> yeah. 
So, okay, so we're all basically expecting a complete Colts blowout there. Yeah, um, so expect the Jets win. <laughs> if that would be, we might as well just give up the podcast, right? If that happens, based on what we've just said. Well, hold on, I would need some more context. If that's the only one I get wrong and the Jets win, I'm not, I'm no, not like, no, 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 oh, no, no. Wow, it's I, all, I must retire. No, it's all over. One this, Fifteen and one this week. It's, it's all over. It's all over for you. All right. Uh, Lions at Cardinals. Um, this is an exciting one. Frank, I, want, I want Frank to go first. Because come on, this, Frank. This is Lions. This, so this they've, is got, the team. they've got – Cardinals have got five and a half points. Go. Cardinals minus five and a half? Yeah. Uh, well, this is – this just pulls at my – what is it? Their heartstrings? Is that, is that the phrase? <laughs> It can be. Wow, you might pull at something else. Who knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, really it's just pulling at strings. <laughs> pulls at my penis this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'm a diehard Cardinals fan. Everyone knows that about me. Lifelong. So I'm going to have to go Cardinals. Uh, eventually, the Lions have to start winning <laughs> because I really don't think they're that bad of a team. Uh, and this could be the one where the lines kind of trip up the cards. Yeah, no, I'll stick with it. Cards, <laughs> cards to win. You know what? I'll throw the lines a bone. I say they cover. Wow, they'll be delighted to hear that. Uh, Eddie, Matt, I'll, let, I'll let Matt Patricia, Patricia know, and he'll feel better about himself once he once he's heard that. Just give him a cheeseburger and I'll feel better. Oh, yeah, there's a, guy, anyway. there's a guy eating his misery. But uh, <laughs> Eddie, yeah. does it take one to know one? <laughs> the... Eddie ate a whole turkey yesterday after his customer service call. <laughs> <laughs> Just like some medieval king. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's had a turkey, a turkey leg in each hand. Yeah. <laughs> Even at the same time. On, on speakerphone as well, just so he can do it. <laughs> so eddie are you on the um kyla murray bandwagon here at the col- uh, no nope, Card- i refuse to get on board the cardinals train all aboard I, okay not eddie I am, nope so I, you're on the lions train wow no i just think you know like i'm 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 gonna take the lions to win um i think the lions are not great but i think they're not quite as bad as uh the results so far have made them look i think the cardinals are good but not as good as the results so far have made them look and i'm going to assume that i'm going to see the cardinal the same cardinals i watched in the first half of the uh niners game and i think the the lions will win I don't actually have that much to say about this one, except um, I like what I see from the Cardinals and I don't like what I see from the Lions. I, I do think they got blown out a bit by um, uh, the Packers last week. And there's something to be said about Stafford keeping games closer than they probably should be as well. But um, so for that reason, I'm going with Cardinals and um, I think they'll cover the spread of five and a half. Um, on to Brady's Bucks at the Broncos. So the Bucks are six-point favorites. Um, oh, I thought you said Brady's butt. Brady. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't. I've gone all flustered now. So. <laughs> yeah, he, he, it'll take him hours to get his, yeah. to get, right. get his focus right. back. Yeah, Eddie, 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 kick us off whilst I uh, try and 
gonna Broncos look terrible. Uh, the Bucks still haven't really kicked into high gear yet, but you know, I think they're even though I don't think they're going to be amazing at any point this year, I think they'll be good enough to win this game quite easily. And I think they cover the spread. I think, you know, as the weeks go by, Brady and this offense are going to look better and better. And, you know, I just think this will be a, a slight improvement on, on week two, and that will be too good for the Broncos. Yeah. Drew Locke is a below average QB and he's out. So if your below average QB is out, you know, it's not looking good. And Cortland, uh, Cortland Sutton is their best wide receiver and he's out too. So uh, you have basically no offense against a Bucks team. That's going to at least put up 24. So I don't think the Broncos can score, you know, more than a touchdown or two. So I'll take the Bucks to win and the Bucks with the points. All right. Um, you'll laugh. I'm actually going with the Broncos here. I think it's less to do with the Broncos and it's more to do with the Bucks. I just think after the two games, I, I still think Brady's offense is still working out kinks. I still think they're working out stuff. But I also think the Bucks defense is doing exactly that as well. And I think they're going to have good weeks and I think they're going to have bad weeks. But eventually, they will come good nearer the like kind of second half of the season. And I think everything will click. So I think the Broncos have got them at a good time. And I, yeah, I'm just going to go with the Broncos here. Um, I think the six spread is kind of nice as well. So I'm going with the Broncos mainly because, like I said, I, I still think the Bucks are sorting themselves out, but in both senses of offense and defense. So yeah, there we go. That's probably my more... Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say that one's more bold than the Bengals, uh, for sure. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then we got, I mean, we're on to two really good games now, aren't we? Um, Packers at the Saints and Chiefs at the Ravens. So you got, we could do these in tandem if you want, or speak about them individually, but you've got um, Packers, uh, Saints are three-point favorites at the Superdome, at the Packers, and... Um, the Ravens are three and a half point favorites against the Chiefs. Wait, wait, are you sure the Saints are favorites? Yeah, three points. Wow, that's crazy to me. Yeah, you're right. I I don't I don't really understand that for a Saints team that hasn't looked good in either game they've played. Um, I mean, I know they're one and one, but that offense has looked, to use Eddie's terminology, frail. Um, maybe they just start clicking, but until that happens, as much as it pains me to take the Packers, I'm going to have to take the Packers here. It's just, you know, they seem to be clicking. They're, they're running up points. Aaron Jones is a savage right now. Um, you know, and maybe it's too early as much as it pains me to say it's too early to think that breeze is done. You know, but maybe what we saw in that NFC championship game where he didn't look that great, maybe that's going to be the new norm. And we're not going to see those deep bombs that we're so used to seeing him throw every, you know, every few series, things like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Packers on this one. And uh, obviously I'll take them with three points. Yeah, I mean, I think Drew Brees is done. But fortunately for him, he's going to see a familiar face in Aaron Rodgers. And that might remind him that he was once quite a good quarterback. Uh, 
<laughs> and so I think, you know, the Packers have been good so far and they obviously convincingly beat the Lions last week, but that game was close for a while. And actually the Packers looked like they were in a little bit of trouble at moments in that first half. So even with Michael, it looks like Michael Thomas is still going to be out for this game. And obviously that's a big miss for the saints, but I think they kind of get things back together. Um, and I'm going to, it's tough, right? Cause primetime Aaron Rodgers is always scary. His record in, in primetime games is, is like phenomenal. Um, but I'm going to take the saints and take the saints to cover the spread. And I might regret it because maybe the Packers are one of the best teams in the league. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't believe it quite yet. So I'm not going to take them to beat the saints on the road. Wow. It's a little surprising from you. I'm, I am a man of mystery. And so you never know what I'm going to do next. Uh, okay. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put you down as a man of mystery. That's why I'm so mysterious because you don't even realize it. <laughs> Fine. I have a question though. This is probably the thing with the Superdome, right? Is that a lot of people say that it really plays to the Saints, like the Saints play really well at the Superdome, and then you've got the Broncos with the kind of high stadium, etc. Like, does home is home field advantage really? I haven't seen many stats on this, so I don't know. I guess I'm just asking maybe from a perspective. But what about the home field advantage for certain clubs? It feels like the Saints are one of those where home field advantage is a genuine thing. Well, they are. I mean, we, we, we've talked about this. Like it's, it's a huge stadium, and they're super loud and crazy, but they're not there, right? I mean, I think a big part of home field advantage is having the noise and the crowd. And without the crowd, I don't know, is it really a home field advantage anymore? Well, you also have to factor in with the Superdome. Every once in a while, they can do that really cool thing like the Romans used to do with the Colosseum, and they can just flood it and like treat, treat it like do some naval battles there. So, so, <laughs> oh, so they have man. that going. You know, There's not a lot of NFL stadiums you can do that with. No. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, when you, it's, the, it's the crowd noise, right, and the difficulty communicating. And you've had Aaron Rodgers openly speak about the fact that's really changed the the dynamic. Like he spoke about going week one and going and playing the Vikings, which is normally one of the louder stadiums in the league, and suddenly being able to communicate effectively with everyone on the field. Like he could talk to a wide receiver, whereas normally he was struggling just to talk to his center. So, uh, you know, that's going to make a huge difference. And I think you've seen it so far in in the season where. Definitely, we talked about this going into week two. There Definitely, there have been moments late in games. I think the Seattle-New England game was a really good example of that. There were moments when like New England was like driving down the field, for example, to try and win the game. I think that would have been a lot harder if you'd had you know, the, the Seattle 12th man making tons of noise and Cam Newton unable to really communicate with anyone else on the offense. Would have been a t- completely different prospect for them. And this one's similar. Like, you know Aaron Rodgers will feel comfortable. He'll be able to talk to everyone. You know he's going to draw some people offside with, with the hard count because he's, he's probably the best in the league at doing that. So it, it's a miss. I mean, I think the Saints would probably be six-point favorites if this was a packed Superdome. But I think three points is a fair adjustment based on the fact that they're kind of losing that home field advantage. Yeah. I, this interests me. Um because obviously I was looking at that home field advantage thing as well, but you look at it, right? Um, I think Green Bay have put up, what is it, like 42 points in the last in the last game? And then 
I think something similar in the first game. So clearly they score a lot, but you, you also look at the Saints defensively and I think they uh, got to car like three times. And I think in the previous one as well, defensively they did well. So I don't know. I, I don't like it when you've got hall of famers like Drew Brees and saying they're done. Um, yeah. He was missing wide open receivers, etc. but I don't know. I really don't know about this one. So I'm probably going to massively regret it, but I think I want to go saints. I like the idea of Brees bouncing back. I, I'm going to regret it. I know I'm going to regret it, but I like the idea of him bouncing back. So I'm going to go Saints and cover the spread. I, I can't, I don't think you could, I don't think I could pick like the Saints to win, but not cover three. I think that's such a small margin. It's a pretty bold, uh, yeah, thread, it's, try and thread the needle like that. It's to, to have one or two, basically it's crazy. So you've got to say that they cover three if, um, if they're winning. So that's the only reason I'm going with that. So, and then last, but most definitely not least, uh, Chiefs of the Ravens and um, Ravens three and a half point favorites. This is a great matchup. I mean, the only thing that disappoints me is it's a little early in the season and you're seeing the Chiefs, I don't think are up to 100% yet, you know, whether that they're just kind of working into it with their offense or not. Um, whereas the Ravens, do look like the more complete team right now. Having said that, I will never go against Mahomes in a big game. He's, he's a gamer. He's a baller, and I'll take him. So Chiefs and Chiefs with the points, obviously. Yeah, I'm expecting, obviously, to see a repeat of this matchup in the playoffs. Uh, and when it comes to playoff time, I will be taking Mahomes and the Chiefs. But in this game... I just haven't liked what I've seen from the Chiefs all that much so far. And so, whereas the Ravens have done everything that they can do to be as impressive as you can be through two games. And so I'm, I'm taking the Ravens in this one. Which it's is, okay, Eddie. The, the Chiefs don't like what they've seen in you either, so it's mutual. What a QB for the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got a few reps. But the... Yeah, no, I... I and I think the Chiefs are the better team. So it kind of, it's, it's hard for me in a sense to pick against that because they could easily click into, you know, good form either before this game or during this game. But until I really see them hit those heights against arguably the second or third best team in the league, I'm, I'm taking the Ravens. Okay. Um, legitimately you could see the way the Ravens are playing right now. I think you could legitimately see them going like 16 and 0 at the moment. I think the ground game is so good and Lamar Jackson so good as well. And exactly the same reason as Eddie just said, I think, I just think fundamentally at the moment they are better than the chiefs. Um, I expect that to be way more even if not the other way around when they do probably inevitably meet in the playoffs. Uh, but at the moment, I think the Ravens are just the, the better all-round package. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Ravens, um, and I think they'll cover that three and a half. It's also worth pointing out the Chiefs could not stop the run in week two against the Chargers. Mm. So if you can't stop the Chargers running game, I don't know how you're going to stop the Ravens running game. So, you know, that that's another reason that this is maybe 
not the right time for the matchup and also maybe not a great matchup for the Chiefs right now. Okay. So if you can remember, what would be your... What's your, what's your you forgot a game. Week? Did I? Yeah, I forgot Cowboys Seahawks, didn't you? Or 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 is my CTE kicking oh. in? <laughs> no, 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 no I did. No, I, yeah, yeah, good spot. All right, your, <laughs> your CTE might be kicking in. <laughs> it's it's unrelated. Um, yeah, Cowboys at the Seahawks. So you got Seahawks four and a half point favorites. Yeah. So you know Troy Aikman, he's a great QB. Emmett Smith running the ball well. So I'm gonna take the Cowboys over the Seahawks. Yeah, talking about Troy Aikman, I know we talked about uh, Baker Mayfield waking up feeling dangerous again. I did like uh, Troy Aikman's comment during the Thursday night football game last week when they were speaking about that. And uh, Troy Aikman made the comment. He was asked, like, how often do you wake up feeling dangerous? And he says, I wake up feeling dangerous every morning. I just don't have anything to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, I mean, um, you know, Tony Romo looks great. So I think the Cowboys offense is clicking. Okay. We're going to do how many times we're going to do this joke. Yeah. So you think Cowboys and they're covering four and a half. Yeah. Are you no, sure uh, though? Are you sure though that, that Tony Robo is not going to like fumble the snap, you know, maybe on a field goal attempt or something, you know, that might come into play here in a game against the Seahawks. That is true. I forgot all about that. That was the Seahawks. Um, no, but I mean, I'm going to stick with Russell Wilson. He's, he's a savage right now. Minus five is not that much considering I don't believe the Cowboys are a very good team. Uh, they should have lost against the Falcons. Uh, Eddie is happy to know that they did not lose. But Wait, they didn't lose? Uh, no, you can, oh, you can step off the ledge. Oh, my God, I need to check on a few things. <laughs> yeah i'll take seahawks and seahawks to cover what's the i'd be interested to know the overs in this one uh the over it is 56 yeah because i i i saw a stat that um the um cowboys lead the nfl at the moment with 49 offensive plays over 10 yards and the seahawks lead the nfl with allowing 47 plays of 10 yards. So uh, completely high scoring. I think people are going to be scoring quickly. They're going to be throwing quickly as well. But uh, on the logic, I'm still going with the Seahawks and Wilson. I just think Wilson is an absolute beast at the moment. And I I can't see the Cowboys doing anything like they did against the Falcons, mainly because they're not playing the Falcons. So I'm going with the Seahawks. I've gone with them every week as well. That always helps, Sam. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, I think the Cowboys are so depleted defensively. You know, we talked about the Niners injuries problem, injury problems. The the Cowboys might even be worse off just because they don't have the same level of depth in some some areas. So I think when you look at the, how they've been hurt in the line linebacker department, and then you imagine that you're going to try and stop Russell Wilson, the Seahawks running game and the weapons that they have around him and at wide receiver, I just can't see it happening. So I'm taking the Seahawks to win and to cover the spread. And now I think we've done all the NFL. (laughs) So what's everyone's kind of like nap? What's your, what's your best bet out of all of that? 
Well, I guess it's worth saying, because obviously week one, Frank, you're better the week one at four to one. Uh, Sam, week one, you're better the week one at sort of around two to one. Yeah, in that two, two and a half at somewhere around there. Yeah, my my bet of the week lost week one because of the Niners. My bet of the week for week two won. Sam's bet of the week for week two also won. Hmm. Uh, Frank, unfortunately, your bet of the week didn't come in. You were a little bit unlucky in that picking uh, Timo Werner to score and Chelsea going down to 10 men uh, 40 minutes into it, and then also Timo Werner not taking the penalty that he won. You were a little bit unlucky there. It wasn't the best situation for a goal scorer bet. Uh, but it does mean that each week so far we're hitting two out of three bets of the week. And if you put equal stakes on all of our bets, you'd be really profitable for the year so far. So having said all that, so that people really pay attention, now, Frank, what's your bet of the week? It's got to be the Texans minus four, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to do minus four, but I'll give you a treble of all underdogs. Give me Texans, Packers, Chiefs. Just to let you know, Texans minus four, you get a shade under three to one. Not bad. That, you that's, are getting... That's pretty good as an outright. That treble is returning 17.17. Love it. <laughs> It's a bold bet of the week. <laughs> okay. Eddie? All right. I'm going, I'm going for another five-fold here. I'm pushing <laughs> the acceptable limits of an accumulator slash parlay as a tipped bet of the week, but I'm going for it. And I'm combining the nine. All these are just money line. Niners, Falcons, Eagles, Browns, and Colts, and that pays 5.35. Eddie, why take five teams? We can just take three teams like me and get a better payout. Well, we'll see which one wins. <laughs> Probably neither one, but we'll see. And I do have, I do have, I will say, I'll save it for towards the end, but I do have another bet of the week that pays seven to two. That's my real bet of the week, but it's not football related, and I will save that. Wait, 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 wait. So this isn't the bet of the week we're doing now? No, this is my this is my solid bet of the week that's probably going to interest people, but I have a different bet of the week that I'll save for the end. A little bit of a teaser here, so people can wow. the next like forty gotcha. minutes. Uh, wow. and that's gonna be that's gonna be my maybe more solid bet of the week in many respects. It's just a single at seven to two, but I'll save that for for a little bit. Okay. Um have you got the odds up at the moment that you could maybe find me? Because I want to tease one of the lines. Okay. I want to tease the Titan line to about seven, like maybe six and a half, seven, seven and a half, somewhere around there. Okay. So you want Titans minus six and a half points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, 2.55. 2.55. All right. I want that. And like, I, I'm going to hate this for my bet of the week, but I think the Colts at that 11 and a half is a really attractive uh, offering. So I, I want to put the Titans minus six and a half tease line with the Colts minus 11 and a half. So that's going to be what? 2.5 2. with a 10 to 11? 4.86. Yeah, I like that. Oh, you like that? What are you, Kirk Cousins now? <laughs> <laughs> Inject into my veins. <laughs> All right, there we go. Week three. 
interesting week three. Lots of close games. Yeah, this is it's a good week. It's a it's a good week to be watching the NFL. You have, and especially because I think um, the Bills are an early game, so that's a really nice early game to be able to watch. Uh, Bills, uh, Rams, and then you have some decent afternoon games with, uh, I guess. Cowboys Seahawks would be the best one in the afternoon games. Well, you, well, you have the two and zero Cardinals, and you have the Bucks in a must-win kind of against the shitty team, and then you have a good night game, and then a good Monday night game. So, yeah, good week. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to it. So, what else do we have on the agenda? Well, we've got two interesting matches in the Premier League this weekend. Two fairly important ones. Uh, it's going to be an interesting test for the two, you know, expected title challengers. So you have City at home to Leicester, and you have Liverpool playing Arsenal. And, you know, that's kind of, we both, pre- well, we all predicted Leicester and Arsenal to be in the sort of fifth, sixth, seventh range. So it's an interesting test of the top two against those teams sort of fighting for European places slash trying to make it into the top four. So an interesting, obviously Liverpool coming off the back of beating, I mean, both of them in a sense passed quite difficult tests last week, uh, City and beating Wolves away and um, Liverpool and beating Chelsea. And now we'll see, see if they can follow that up with, with two good results. You'd, if, if they both win, you'd say both of them will be very pleased with their starts to the season. Yeah, yeah. You're forgetting... Liverpool's win tonight against Lincoln obviously set them up really well. Huge, yeah, and City beat Bournemouth, so those were, yeah, yeah, they, it, maybe the, their most difficult tests so far, really. Yeah, it's um, uh, Carabao Cup's obviously massive. Um, I think it sets up uh, Liverpool Arsenal tie in that as well uh, for the next round of the Carabao Cup because uh, they beat Leicester. But um, uh, yeah, they're they're two good games. But another game that interests me, not because it will be a good game, it's just to see how Man U react. They've got that awkward first game out, the half-12 kickoffs. We know we all hate them because we always watch Celtic ruin ample amounts of bets by playing the early Saturday games. But it will be interesting to see what Man U do second game of the season. Again, Brighton, one of those teams that we probably all think is going to be around that kind of like 14th to 17th finish mark. Similar Crystal Palace, but we probably think they're going to be a bit better now. But... I Manu was so bad in that first game. It will be really interesting to see how they bounce back against a Brighton team. So it's an interesting first game, if not an exciting one. But um, I think Liverpool Arsenal is the highlight, right? Yeah, I got. I, I love yeah, those early four thirty four thirty a.m. kickoffs for me. Those are <laughs> those are great to to get up and watch. <laughs> the the only other thing to say about United, I watched their Carabao Cup match on Tuesday or whenever it was. Solskjaer's body language on the touchline was so negative that, uh, I mean, he was, he was just sort of sitting on the steps looking vaguely suicidal for most of the match. Because um, he's in Luton. Yeah, it's true. That's justified. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, no, that's not a great sign for them. I expect them to bounce back, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, going at yeah. the the Liverpool Arsenal one's the the most interesting match. Um, I'm not. I was, I was pissed. Wait, just real quick, going back to that United match for the the cup. Um, I was pissed because I wanted Mason Greenwood to score, 
but the match started before I could get it in. And then on my site, once the match starts, you can't do any of those player prop bets anymore. And of course, what does he do? He scores in like the 92nd minute. So it would have been a really nice victory for me, you know? And of course you're looking at it. I looked at the, the flash scores. I was like, oh good, he didn't score. And then of course I checked the final and I was like, oh, they had another goal. And of course, Mason Greenwood, but it's, yeah. I, the Luton game's weird. Like Dean Henderson had his Man U debut as well, right? And um, he came off the pitch and he was basically saying how it was a magical debut because he actually played pretty well and made some pretty important saves. But that's pretty depressing, right? To be at Luton away and <laughs> your goalkeeper coming out and saying, I had a really good debut because I had to play really well and be focused because Luton were knocking at our door quite a lot. It was a bit of a worrying one, but as Eddie says as well, there's a, the thing with Man U and that team is there's a real momentum feel about them as well. It does, they do feel like that team is, when, when they're down, confidence is a little bit down, they'll continue to play badly. And last season, it needed Bruno Fernandes to step up and change that. But now he's there and they're not looking like they're signing anyone at the moment there's not really any rumors that are positive or attractive for where they need positions like a center back it's uh, if they if they don't perform well against brighton and get a win you would start to see those heads just continue to sink and it might be a really bad start for them i gotta be honest i don't even know where luton is in the uk most (laughs) people don't yeah it's kind of um do you know where watford is (laughs) <laughs> imagine uh, just picture a, picture a map of picture a map of england and then try okay. and picture the area of england you would care the least about and wherever <laughs> that is that's where luton's located yeah it's like the very it's, it's basically above london probably about what like 30 miles out maybe of london like north it's gotcha. got a if you really, really want to know really we'll, shitty airport like a we'll really kind of know yes yeah, the airport <laughs> You will kind of know where Luton is because on one of our Royal Ascot trips, if you recall, when Austin came, he was tricked into because it's listed right. as a London. It was listed as a London airport, so uh, Austin decided to fly into Luton, thinking that it would be it would make getting into London fairly quick and easy. And yeah. he quickly found out that he had made a huge mistake, and so <laughs> yeah. it took him a couple of hours for yeah. to get to our airport. Oh, it's so bad. You actually need to get a bus to get to the station to get the 30, 40 minute train. <laughs> maybe like the half an hour, maybe at best, because I knew they do this like Luton Express. But yeah, that is the type of airport where it is really, really busy at 5 a.m. in the morning with drunk people going to like Ibiza. Alicante, <laughs> like the airport bars are rammed busy at 5 a.m. It's that kind of airport. Do you boys see um, Charlie Appleby with Gaeth? Basically said that there's more negatives than positives at the moment for an arc run. Um, his reason for it was that they like to give him a lot of time. They like to give Gaeth a lot of time between races. And they said that the shortest time was between the... Um, uh, the, the most recent one where he lost the champion stakes and the, uh, what did he win previously? I can't remember. Uh, where he beat Magical. I can't remember the race. That's... No, 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 where he beat Magical. About oh. three. Judmont? Yeah, it's the Judmont. And basically he said that that was the shortest time between races and it kind of showed that they shouldn't do that with this horse. So he's saying that 
that's why there's more negatives about an arc run. But he did say because of that, there's probably more potential for a Breeders' Cup run. Well, we should oh, wait, probably so cover... Gaius probably not Gaius running, not the arc. running in the Gosh, He is unlikely been... to be who's... running the arc. Who's been telling you that for uh, two months? I don't even know why I brought this up. I don't know. <laughs> you did invite it on asshole. <laughs> yes and yes. Yeah, I do wonder though if he if he was if Gaeth wasn't turned over by magical. I wonder if that's the rhetoric. Uh, they probably would have run him because you wouldn't have had this issue about a short term between races. They would have said, "Oh, well, he can do it regardless of the amount of time between races." Yeah. But it is what it is, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I think we should probably wait till next Thursday because then we can do a full arc preview. But what seems to be happening now is you know, more and more horses seem to kind of be bowing out. So I think Magical now is not going to race in it either. And you're basically just left with love and enable. So this amazing race that we had in it's our heads really shit two months now, ago is now just, a, is now just Gazin versus O'Brien. Great. Well, there's, there's <laughs> more, more we'll, versus the Tory. We'll do it next week, but there's, there's, a, there's more to it than just that. Yeah, you're right. Enable's not even worth betting. So Too old. Fastest burn. Hey, Eddie, how's that internet doing? <laughs> just, just get him going. <laughs> I'll remain cool, calm, and composed. <laughs> so, Sam, I just want to touch back. You know, now that I'm a huge Arsenal supporter, just like you, what do we think our chances are? Oh, what, in the Liverpool game? Yeah. Shit, we were talking about that at one point, weren't we? <laughs> um... I think I think it's an interesting test for both of them. Like Liverpool will say that they've had a good start to the season, like overcoming, you know, Chelsea the way they did and Arsenal, like they're tough games. And so to, to have three wins out of three with two pretty tough teams is a really good start. Um, I think Arsenal as well, this is a step up. So they've won all Community Shield and Carabao Cup included. They've won everything put in front of them, uh, including beating Liverpool. Uh, recently, Though Arsenal under Arteta have had, um, they haven't lost a Klopp, <laughs> which is quite interesting. Uh, so they beat him in the Premier League at the end of last season. Uh, beat him in the um, Community Shield just happened. So I think um, Arsenal have a recent record of getting turned over pretty badly at Anfield. They leak goals for fun. Uh, it doesn't look like this Arsenal team will do that. So for me, I'm I'm inclined to say. I'm actually inclined to say draw in this one. Um, maybe score draw, maybe one all. I, I, I think Arsenal are going to put up a good performance. And I think um, having this game out of the way early is good for Arsenal as well. Because this is one of those games that could, as like last season, can be a real momentum killer for Arsenal. You know, they could they could win six in a row and then easily turn up at Anfield, get stuffed 6-0, and then all of a sudden go on a terrible run. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the score draw. I think Arsenal look good. Yeah, I think if you go back to that Liverpool Chelsea match and you you know you look just at the first half, did Liverpool play the better first half? Yeah. Did they play a spectacular first half? No, not really. I, you know, Chelsea had one or two chances. You know, Liverpool controlled the ball a lot, but Chelsea still had opportunities to score. And I think that's how you you beat a Liverpool team is you, you know you just make the most of your opportunities that you're going to get, and you you get up a goal early and then kind of rattle them a little bit. Um, 
So I, I think Arsenal could maybe do that. You know, they have, they have the speed and they have the talent to kind of get like a quick strike goal like that. And if they can get out to a lead, I think a draw is a definite possibility. You know, I, I, Arsenal have won the last eight matches they played. You know, they're, they're hot right now. So I, I, like, I like the bet of a draw. You know, maybe it's just, you know, me with Arsenal running through my blood now. So, but. On your shoes. <laughs> yeah, mostly we'll, we'll just on my feet, but a little through my blood. I, I think Eddie's pick will be pretty obvious, but curious oh, for this confirmation. I'm curious, Freddie. I think Eddie is seeing a pretty. I think Eddie's seeing like a two or three no win for Liverpool here. I don't have that level of confidence, but I do think Liverpool will win it. What I really want to know is, do you think I could buy some Kirk Cousins shoes? <laughs> Ooh. Would that be? Hmm. Probably. Maybe you can buy his cleats. You just walk around in cleats all day. <laughs> <laughs> it would. They would never not know when you're coming into work. Hey, who's I'm, this? Click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. Oh, Eddie's Eddie. here. <laughs> I, I want Eddie to go the whole Hulk now and just wear the whole Kirk Cousins <laughs> with the helmet. <laughs> Eddie, do you, do you think Kirk Cousins has his own brand of land rollers? Oh, it's possible. Just nice purple, purple skates. Those, those would be so cute. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. If not, maybe I'll call Land Rollers up and see if we can release a new range. Cousins range. Just, I'm, I'm imagining there's, there's got to be a, like a limited run on that. Uh, I don't think so. You, you don't underestimate the potential. So, Eddie, no, no opinion on the, the Liverpool Arsenal match. <laughs> No, I mean I, I said, said already. I, I, I think Liverpool will win. I, I'm. I don't. I'm not. Oh, I thought. Stand. I thought you were going to do more, but you no, just, no, not really. I, you I got look, sidetracked I, on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, sorry. I'm just thinking about him now and picturing him in Land Rollers. But the uh, <laughs> no, I think. Look, I think Liverpool haven't been super impressive so far. But at the same time, I think there's Arsenal are still. I'm not trusting them defensively, and I think that. Uh, this Liverpool team will will pick them apart a bit. So, yeah, I'm ex- I'm expecting my really confident move in this would be sort of an over 1.5, which I'm sure doesn't pay like not big returns, but that one I would really like because I think there's no scenario in which there's you have fewer than two goals in this match. But um, I I think Liverpool will win. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a good toss up. In what match are there more total goals? That match or City Leicester? I'm going to take the City Leicester match because I think that City are looking sort of pretty potent at the moment, so to speak. And I think non frail. Yeah. Yeah, non frail. And I think that they'll, even though Leicester defensively are quite good, I think also you can count on City conceding because they just tend to concede. So I think in the City match, you're probably looking at at least 3 1. So I would, it would, you'd be bold to then be predicting more than four goals in any other match. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like think, that question. I think um, you, if you asked me 18 months ago, I'd probably say Liverpool Arsenal because Liverpool would have smashed Arsenal when they have a good record of smashing Arsenal at Anfield as well. So I'd actually probably have gone with that, but Arsenal look a better outfit, and I think the Man City Leicester game has uh, a bigger capacity for goals. So I probably agree with that. I, I think you could probably see maybe three or four in that game, whereas Arsenal, I'd probably say 
couple. So anything else on the minds, boys? Did you guys see the um, news about Wrexham? So Frank, I don't know if you know about this, but uh, there's a football team in the fifth tier of English football. So that is the, it's called the National League. Uh, so um, it's, it's, it's kind of where English football straddles between kind of professional and non-professional. And like, it's kind of gotcha. a, um, like some teams in there are recent teams and they may not be professional. Some are, relatively speaking, fairly fallen giants. But it's come out today that Ryan Reynolds is um, interested in buying them. What a handsome fella. What's interesting about it is no one understands why. <laughs> like him. Is he, is he part of a consortium or is no, it Ryan Reynolds trying to buy them? It's Ryan Reynolds. And uh, I can't remember the actor's name from, um, what is it? It's like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Rob McKenahey or something like that. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but there's two of them. And they have formed a consortium by Wrexham. And at the moment, Wrexham is actually owned by the fans. So um, it's the supporters trust. So they had a vote recently to continue talks. And um, <laughs> it was funny. They were speaking with the manager. Um, and they were basically saying, you know, is this a good thing? Is, you know, ownership like this a bit trivial, et cetera. And he was like, well, you know, Wrexham is one of the oldest clubs in the world. Uh, we've won like a European Cup. They beat Porto in a European Cup. And um, we've got one of the oldest stadiums in the world. And they were like, yeah, but do you worry about kind of being trivialized with an actor owning you? He was like, I don't really care. They, they plan to put like 2 million into the club. So that goes <laughs> to show you the kind of care that they have. As soon as money's flashed in front of them, they're absolutely fine. But what I loved about it was that obviously now it's come out that Ryan Reynolds might be buying them. Uh, one of Wrexham's biggest rivals are called Chester. And because uh, just really close vicinity with each other, basically. And the rumor is now that Hugh Jackman might buy Chester. Oh. Just out of complete spite to have that rivalry. <laughs> like, if Hugh Jackman buys Chester, we'll have to do an entire episode de dedicated to Hugh Jackman because we've got some great Hugh Jackman debate to have then. Oh, um, yeah. Epic. <laughs> but the, the funny thing is, is, it must be nice to have this much money that you're just buying semi professional sports teams to hold together a fake grudge. To be yeah. fair here, in, in both instances, I bet that the cost of actually physically buying the clubs is probably in single figures. The question will be taking on their It was debt. single figures as no, in no, like no. seven? It's a pound. It could theoretically. Yeah. There's, there's many instances where clubs are bought for a pound because their debt is 120 million. So the upfront, the upfront cost isn't the issue here. It's the question of can you then cover their operating because they're definitely making a loss. Yeah. At the so moment, can you then yeah. cover that? And then if you do want to try and invest in the club to try and take them to a... But also the pressure on owners to invest now with the financial fair play rules, you're so limited in what you can do. Um, now, admittedly, I, I would be... The financial fair play rules probably don't apply in at the level Wrexham are at because that was kind of how Salford were able to push their way up through the football league so quickly is it wasn't until they made I think until they made league two that it really yeah. mattered um but uh yeah I 
it's a fun venture. I, I obviously speak as a, as a Blackburn Rovers supporter and I've probably experienced the worst possible outcome of a owner takeover. I mean, not quite the worst because obviously there've been a few clubs go under and stuff, but we've been as mismanaged as possible. So I'm always a little bit skeptical about someone buying it when they may not know um, exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he, he's a savvy businessman. I mean, he bought uh, Mint Mobile, which is like a low budget mobile phone service company that apparently has turned the corner and is profitable now for him. And then he bought Aviation Gin and he turned that back for a handsome profit. So, so what you're saying is he's identified Wrexham. Yeah, I was going to say, we're calling him a savvy businessman and then saying he's thinking of buying Wrexham, then no. Eddie, maybe he knows something that we don't. Maybe he's Mm -hmm. seen it. Oh, like I've seen Wrexham because my dad's actually from really near to Wrexham. Uh, My uncle's a Wrexham supporter. So I'm very... Yeah, I'm very familiar <laughs> with the air. My dad's from Volpus in Cheshire, which is just a ah, okay. border with Wrexham. So yeah. pretty familiar with the region. There's not a lot going for Wrexham, and I mean that in the kindest possible way. But the Wrexham are not going to be the next big thing in English slash Welsh football. So as an, from an investment perspective, it's, it's a loser. Now, hey, if it's, maybe if it's you, just, you slap that aviation gin on their, on their shirts get some good sponsorship going. I mean, that could happen, right? That's, that's Maybe. ultimately one of the things that these people bring in, but it's look, I remember, I remember Venki's buying Blackburn and a few weeks later seeing Akon holding a Blackburn Rover shirt and, uh, you know, links to Ronaldinho, David Beckham, ever, just about everyone and playing in the championship. So <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm not going to be too excited about <laughs> yeah, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds' turnaround. Yeah, if I was if I was Wrexham fans, I'd be I'd look at it as one of those clubs that they will lose interest and leave. And it, it goes on to like this wider discussion about ownership because what was it uh, recently? Uh, well, recently, like Notts County, where they had like Sol Campbell, Spenger, and Eriksson managing them, and then the money left and they basically collapsed as a club. You had the similar situation with Wigan, where they were just so poorly. Um, mismanaged by that uh what was it like a tie owner i think yeah basically had no care in football basically put them in administration within about two days of the buyout uh, okay has agreed to like waive the debt and that's to help them out but i think it is a genuine problem because for ryan reynolds this is just trivial right but Wrexham are one of the oldest clubs in the world and they do play at one of the oldest stadiums in uh the in, in England, well, in Wales, actually, and England. But, um, it, you know, there are fans of Wrexham, and they Wait, could really? see their club either... They could see their club... Yeah, like, your uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might be the yeah, only one. Yeah. yeah, there is a fan of Wrexham. And um, you could... You, you could have one degree of freedom of knowing one. <laughs> but but you, could, you could see your club torn apart by this, because as soon as they lose interest, they're out, and you've got a massive debt black hole... You can't sustain say that, yourself. You're done. Just to finish my but, uncle's story, my uncle is the undoubtedly the only Wrexham slash Green Bay Packers fan in the world. That much can be said about him. Oh, did I meet? Did I meet him? Yeah, you met him at the wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember him being a Packers fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, so we didn't lead with the Wrexham part? <laughs> well, no, because Frank was American and he told the story about how when he was a kid, they he used to tune into the uh, like the American service 
radio uh, to listen to sports. And because the Packers were obviously, you know, one of the more popular teams, they almost always had the Packers game on. So that's how he became a Packers fan. It's a good story. 60s slash 70s. That was the second best, um, like, link to America story I got, you know, because obviously being the only American at the party, everyone would kind of have like their, like, oh, you're American? Well, this is my American story. But uh, one of Eddie's friends of the family was like, oh, where are you from? Or like, where are you living? I was like, oh, I'm living in Tucson. It's like this little city in Southern Arizona. She's like, oh, I've been there. I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I, I like toured all through the States and I spent some time there. And then I was up in Detroit and I was in the halftime of the Super Bowl. And we're like, wait, what? Time out? She's like, yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I was part of the halftime show for the Super Bowl. And we're like, this year it's Shakira and J-Lo. And 30 years ago, it was you. <laughs> like, it's a big deal. And she was like, yeah, maybe it wasn't a big deal back then. But, you know, it was me and this, like, she was in like what? Like a, not like a Peace Corps thing, but like some, a qu- some, it was a choir or something. That was you... it? I, 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 I thought it was like... Wait, a... How did you confuse the Peace Corps and a choir? No, I, I, I thought also. it was like some sort of like... I also, thought it was like kind of like a community... Putting ser- on the halftime show? No, I thought it was... I thought it was like kind of like a community <laughs> service thing. They were like, and that, at, a, at halftime of the Super Bowl, we're going to dig a well. <laughs> we're going to dig a well, teach some poor people English literacy and spread Christianity around the stadium. <laughs> Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't go around the thirty yard line right now because this is a pretty deep well. It's going to be a little bit dangerous in the second half. <laughs> is that all the Peace Corps does? Dig wells? <laughs> uh, not far off. <laughs> no, but I thought she was. I, I thought she was in some sort of like um, nonprofit, like community yeah, service I, thing, and, no, and that they reason... were just. She just like was marching across, not actually performing. No, but maybe she was wrong. She sang. That was the thing. She actually legit. But the her reasons for being in the U.S. were, I think, for some some other reason. But then I think she was part of a choir, and then that choir uh, performed. But no, going back to the the issue of ownership in football, to me, the only solution, right, is that I think new owners have to put a certain amount of money in escrow or something, because so far the fit and proper tests that they do. Uh, for new owners in in England, it's just not working. It doesn't work. Um, so, and you, you just can't have these situations where clubs, you know, it means so much to people, and to watch their club just be dismantled by someone who has decided it would be a fun play thing for a little bit of time. And I'm not saying that will be the case with Ryan Reynolds. This obviously happened several times already, and in some instances, teams have been saved. Right? It nearly happened to City with a. Uh, Thaxon Sinawatra or whatever his name was. Uh, and it was only the fact that they then found someone wealthier to bail them out and take them on to that next level that that didn't end up in being another horrific story of another club. Wigan in a way is the sad, saddest one because Dave Whelan was such a good owner yeah. and, and, and cared so deeply about the club. So to then watch them be sort of stripped apart after he'd made the decision to sell them, um, it must be sort of heartbreaking for him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, they've got to fix it. You know, like Blackburn, the only redeeming feature you can say about, uh, Venkis about the rows is that at least now they are paying all the bills to keep the club going, which at the moment, those bills are ever increasing with no fans, uh, being there and no prospect. I know at a club like Blackburn, I don't think they're going to have fans there at all this season. So that's a huge drop in revenue. Uh, and that's, 
even more reason to make sure that you have uh, owners taking charge who have the financial ability and not only the ability, but the intention of supporting the clubs when things do go badly. No, exactly. And the, the fit and proper thing came up for the Newcastle takeover, right? Because Mike Ashley, who is not fit and proper as an owner, um, was trying to sell it to the Saudis. No, he's, not and, he's not fit and proper as a person. <laughs> yeah, he's not fit and proper as a humor. He looks basically he's like a... job of the hut. <laughs> he's basically the closest thing humanity has to a bacon bap. <laughs> like, it's absolutely insane. But he was trying to sell to like a Saudi consortium that had links with the Saudi prince of which most countries in the world are doing some element of like an arms embargo against. And yet, you know, they're trying to buy a Premier League club and you had Newcastle fans screaming for this Saudi takeover because they hate Mike Ashley that much. But they, I think they must have known the risks with that, that they'll just bail in three years when they realize that Newcastle are a pretty bang average team. Like, it's also, it's tough, right? Because the situation, the, the financial landscape in English football and European football at the moment is such that unless you do have a wealthy owner really pumping money in, you have got, you have, you've got no chance. Like, you can try and be well run and kind of perform well for a few years, but there's too many teams now with people pumping. You even look at Everton, right? You've got a mid-table side having major money pumped into them. So if you're coming up to try and do it the kind of old fashioned fair way of gradually building a squad and, and getting better and bringing people through your Academy or whatever, it's not going to be good enough. So that's the issue as a supporter is you kind of have to hope for some wealthy uh, benevolent uh, figure to decide to invest in your club. But it comes with the obvious risk that as soon as they decide to pull the plug, you're absolutely screwed. Yeah. Yep. As soon as they pull out, you're done for, right? Is that what they say? <laughs> what I did, touching on one other footballing topic, I don't know if you saw, probably should have brought it up when we were talking, discussing Liverpool, but I don't know if you saw the clip from Jurgen Klopp's reaction when uh, Christensen was sent off for Chelsea. No. Uh, because obviously it went through uh, VAR review. And uh, when the decision was made to send him off, a bunch of the Chelsea players and staff started applauding, which obviously you could hear because there's no one in the stadium. And Jurgen Klopp very angrily turned around to them and told them, you don't do that. You don't cheer for a red card. You don't do that. What are you doing? You never do that. What? Yeah, yeah, it's a clip. I'll send it to you afterwards. But he, he very aggressively tells them that you don't applaud a red card. When was this? The Chelsea match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when the red card was issued. I have to say, the more I watch him as a manager, he's very touchy, eh? Yes. Yeah. Very touchy. Like, if I were a player, like, it's borderline uncomfortable. He's, yeah, like, him. giving back massages and stuff, like, warming but up the shoulders. That's true in general. I've been, I've been watching more. I didn't, I didn't complete the whole Amazon... Um, uh, sort of documentary series about Spurs, but I've been watching more of it uh, like recently. And uh, even you see with uh, Jose Mourinho, like he's very touchy with players. It just runs in football that like it's what you do. Oh, okay. You just you just sexually harass the yeah yeah. yeah. They're, they're basically they're basically like gymnasts okay without being gay. That's that's essentially now, the obviously I've I've been very. Uh, negative about Eric Dyer um, throughout this 
podcast. What was interesting in watching the Amazon series is one person who is not negative about Eric Dyer is Jose Mourinho. He is very complimentary of him (laughs) at every moment. Now, I think he might be a little bit swayed by the fact that Eric Dyer speaks fluent Portuguese, so they communicate with each other in Portuguese, which is kind of an interesting thing to see. But uh, he does compliment him on the fact that he's the only Spurs player who actually has any fight in him on the pitch and that the rest of them are all just too friendly. And how he's got really strong, broad shoulders. Yeah, and then he just rips into Deli Alley constantly. <laughs> do, do you, I mean, Spurs again. Did you see Mourinho tonight um, in the game against the team? Genuinely, I can't pronounce. But um, Mourinho at the start of the game was basically screaming at the officials because he thought that the goal, um, the goalposts were too small. <laughs> Right. You've got these amazing pictures of him basically just like full on arms out, like screaming at the referee and, and they still left it late tonight. I mean, they're one all to what the 70th minute. And yeah. they are, I mean, going back to your point, Eddie, about kind of money getting spent into mid table teams, they are one season away of not spending again from potentially dropping out of the top 10. Like it's getting yeah, that I... kind of congested. That might be a bit dramatic just from the perspective that in order for them to drop out of the top 10, they'd have to sell some of their better players. And at least from the the time when they sold Gareth Bale, uh, that is a moment when they would reinvest. So you would know that, okay, if they sell Harry Kane for whatever it is, say 80 million, 90 million, you know, whatever amount he goes for at that time, they're going to reinvest that sum of money into their squad. Now, what you would also have to say, given everything we've just spoken about, Spur, the Spurs approach is admirable. They run Spurs like a proper business. And if you're a Spurs supporter, you at least know that whilst they might not win the league anytime soon, they're also not going bust anytime soon. So they at least have that going for them. Uh, you know, in both in both the, ca- the cases of both Arsenal and Spurs, you know, you have to give them credit for the fact that they are actually running somewhat sensible businesses. Uh, and and it would be better if more football clubs did adopt that approach. Yeah, I'd say the new stadia did that for them, though. I, I think maybe maybe they would have been a little bit more cavalier if they didn't have these huge debts. But then again, there are different stages, right? Arsenal's now paid off, and you've started to see with like Pepe and things like that that they are spending money. Um, yeah, but then they but signed maybe Pepe, Spurs... so then they they probably realized, good God, don't, we don't, I, we don't I, I do that. I'm happy. I'm happy to give Pepe a little bit more time. Um, yeah, yeah. Sadly, so. defenders won't give him more time on the ball. So oh. that's all right, boys. I've got to skedaddle. Oh, before you do say. though, I've got a. I teased my my real bet of the week. Oh, so okay. Go ahead. Before we wrap this up quickly, big. Uh, we've. I know we've. We've got so many cycling fans out there. Right on the heels oh of the God. Tour de France, we have the World Cycling Championship uh, coming up this weekend. Going to be a real spectacle, worth tuning in for. And my tip of the week is Wout van Aert to win the Men's World Cycling Championship at 7-2. to two. I think he is a very, very solid bet. Okay, thank you. Well, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that one. <laughs> Well, you laugh now when I'm talking about that 7-2 winner on Monday. You won't be laughing then. Yeah, I probably still will. (laughs) Yeah, mainly because of the name. (laughs) Van Art. 
A E R T. All right. Well, let's uh, get off this podcast so we can go watch that great Jags game. All right. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's a good way yeah. to put myself to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> what, you sure it's not talking to customer service? <laughs> Same time. It's, it's closed. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, boys. See ya. Cheerio.